CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now on OA, big box retail stocks can seem to climb their way out of the box right now, but we have a way for you to build on any future gains with one name likely to find its footing soon. Then chips, dips, and inflation. How they all may come together in a mini rally, market appetizer will explain. And finally, they say nothing runs like a deer, but could quarterly results trip it up or give it a boost? I'm Courtney Reagan, informal Lee. This is Options Action, live from the NASDAQ market site. On the desk tonight, we have Mike Coe, Carter Worth, and Brian Stutland guiding us through the action for the show. We're going to start with a big week of earnings on deck with big box retail, front and center, Home Depot, Target, TJX, and Walmart, just some of the big stocks ready to report. All of these names have underperformed the broader market, but could there be a retail revival for one of them? The chart master is looking at the technicals. Carter, what do you see and in what name? Sure, you bet. Uh, let's drill down on Home Depot. But just to put this in context, we know Walmart is making a new 52-week high. So is TGX. Home Depot, while they're all a bit different, of course, has been a real lagger. It itself is still down 22% from its high, whereas the S&P is down only 7 Let's look at three identical charts. So weekly bars, no drawings, no lines, no judgment. Let's put some in. Iteration two. And what do we have? We have converging trend lines. We have strength that is enough to move up and out of the apex of that formation. Another way to annotate it, third and final chart, would be as follows. Uh, whether you want to call that a cup and handle, a double bottom, it doesn't matter what you call it. It is the element with the definition of a turn. And so my thinking here is one wants to be long Home Depot. And again, just to put this in context, Walmart is back at that former high. So is TJX. Something like Home Depot, I think, has room to run. It's an interesting chart. Carter, thank you very much. Mike, how are you setting up on Home Depot ahead of Tuesday's report? It's one of the early ones we get sort of very early in the morning on Tuesday before we hear from the others. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think we should look at Home Depot maybe uh, a little bit separately than we might look at some of the other big uh, box retailers. A couple interesting things about Home Depot as it stands right now. First of all, it's trading at a discount to its historical valuation. Not a huge discount, but probably about 6%. 21 times versus 23 times is probably the average uh, multiple for this one. There is something else that's kind of interesting. So the reason we look at Home Depot and it's often considered more attractive than Lowe's is partially because of their professional uh, customers. So about 40% of their sales come from professional uh, customers like contractors. And why that's interesting to me is that if we take a look at home builders, names like Lennar, DR Horton, and Toll Brothers, the first two are up about 38% on the year-to-date. Toll is up about 60%. Home Depot is up only marginally year-to-date. And yet 40% of their sales come from contractors. I, I find that rather interesting, and that's kind of significant underperformance. Uh, and so to me, looking at a name that you know probably moves about 6% on average uh, in the month following earnings, I think you want to play that to the upside. Now, it has had a little bit of a move off the bottom here uh, that we saw in May. And of course, so you might feel like you're you're chasing it a little bit. But again, it's year-to-date performance, not so great. 
Uh, I think options look also fairly reasonably priced here. I was looking out exactly one month after they report to the September expiration, the 340, 360 call spread. When I was looking at that earlier today, that was going to cost about four bucks, so about one fifth of the distance between the strikes there. That's a $20 wide call spread. Now, quick point. Uh, the strikes are about $10 apart in Home Depot. So depending on where the stock opens up on Monday, if you're looking to put this trade on, uh, you know, this is kind of the math that we're looking for. So if it opens up a little bit lower, I mean, it was closed over 330 today. So that was the reason I was looking up to the very next strike, the 340s, and looking for a $20 spread. But if it comes in a little bit on Monday, you might look at maybe a 330, 350. Uh, I think 350, 355-ish is probably... Uh, you know, that would be, you know, the full extent of the move to the upside. One other quick point I want to make about valuation on Home Depot, and that is that right now, actually, the street is expecting earnings to decline year on year. And if that were true, and I'm not saying it is true, because I actually think they might have better fundamentals uh, as a backdrop than that suggests. The last time we saw that was the, was the GFC. So we're looking at the 2009-ish uh, time frame. This is a company that has grown pretty consistently uh, over time. Very interesting stuff. And Home Depot has told us it expects a year of moderation. Brian, what do you make of this trade? Well, this trade's really interesting because I like it using the call spread factor. If you're going to get into this stock, and certainly the technicals that Carter laid out are very compelling, but the stock's got some upside room and at least maybe start to gap and start to move higher here as it's kind of been stuck in the mud for the last two years. When you look at Home Depot, they're one of those names that really got hit by employee compensation, meaning as wages started rising here in this inflationary period, they really start to, you know, had their margins compressed. So I'm really looking for their earnings call to see margin compression sort of stopping their sort of wage inflation that they're seeing get under control. And if the stock is wrong, you're only risking the cost of the call spread. So it's a very cheap way to play to the upside. All we got to do is get through that break even, which is a little bit higher from here. And then you're off to the races and making money on this. So I love using the call spread to play the upside. Okay, let's switch gears to semis. Applied materials scheduled to deliver quarterly results on Thursday. The chip stock ripping higher this year, up 43%. And Brian's going to lay out a way for us to get in on the run, but with protection. So, Brian, how do we do it? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people own a AMT. A lot of people own growth names or tech or the NASDAQ and whatnot. Uh, AMAT is one of those names here that is starting to see sales, you know, sort of decline year over year or at least start to stagnate. It does play on the consumer discretionary in the sense that it's got a lot to do with the Internet of Things, communications, even on uh, sort of energy plays and sort of electric cars and chip manufacturing in that area. So there is a bit of a consumer discretionary play. So there's come some risk that we've talked about here. But the AI play, obviously, to the upside has been fantastic for the stock. And their DRAM chip demand, obviously, is the reason why the stock has performed so well this year. So I want to continue to hold this stock, but I'm looking for protection. The earnings... When they've missed or made or whatever, you could see a 3-4% move on earnings to the downside. And, and so in that sense, I want to stay protected and I want to use a put spread to do that. So this way I can still kind of stay in the name and sort of if the Nasdaq is starting to roll over, if growth is starting to roll over here as we've seen the last couple of weeks, I can use some protection using a September put spread, the 140-125 put spread. I'm looking to pay about $5 here. So this put spread costs $5. Max payout is about $10 here on the trade. And with break even just below that 135 mark here, below there, I get protection against my long stock position. And so that basically protects me for basically two thirds of the downside if the earnings picture isn't great. This has been a play I've been using for a lot of the chip names on all the way up and into earnings play because it gives me a decent protection on the downside. 
and I can still ride it back to the upside in case this has just been a little mini correction for some of these growth names out there. Okay, so we've got the trade. Carter, I know you've got a chart for us. What are the technicals telling you for AMAT? Sure, quite similar to what we looked at at the top of the hour, the SMH. Uh, we have one chart of AMAT, and it is down exactly the same as the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, down about 9.5%. I simply think that we'll get further down to trend, and you can see the well-defined trend line there. That's another 55 6% from here. So I'm thinking lower day-to-day, uh, -day, week over week. Hmm. Mike, what do you make of uh, Carter's chart here and Brian's trade for AMAT? Yeah, I mean, the trade makes a lot of sense. Uh, so the semis tend to be a, a little bit more volatile than a lot of other stocks, and consequently, the options premiums tend to be uh, somewhat more elevated. Although I would point out that if we take a, a look at the two-year history of options prices in applied materials, we're actually towards the lower end of the range. So if you happen to own the stock, it's less expensive to hedge going into earnings right now using one-month options the way that Brian is than it, than it has been for most of the past two years. And if you don't have exposure to the name and you're inclined to make a bullish bet going into earnings, but are a little bit concerned about the choppiness we've seen, bear in mind, I mean, it was only yesterday we saw the S&P rise 135 basis points before falling 150 basis points. Things are really moving around here. Uh, you know, a call spread similarly is relatively inexpensive. But I, I do think that if I was going to go into applied material earnings, my inclination would be to do so in sort of a risk mitigated way. And, and that's a good way to do it if you own the stock is to buy this put spread. And AMAT shares were down about 4% in trade today. We're going to broaden out our conversation here a little bit, just generally on the tech trade. The Nasdaq closing the week down nearly 2%, down back-to-back -back weeks, and this is for the first time all year. So, Brian, you're looking at taking advantage of the volatility that's sort of suddenly come rushing back into the space. What's going on here with this tech trade? Well, well I mean, you heard Mike just talk to here. You know, the market's swinging back 100 basis points plus or minus either way every few days here. And it seems like volatility is picking up. And yet we look at like the VIX, we look at VOLQ, which represents the volatility index on the NASDAQ. Those are relatively cheap. They're historically below their averages. And so to me, that says option traders, maybe even the stock market's a little complacent as towards what the kind of movement we're seeing here. And there is definitely some risk here to the downside. But the fact that volatility is sort of compressed has made buying calls a cheap way to sort of get into this market mitigate risk because all I'm doing is risking the value of a call option. And so if I'm playing the, the cues here and I want to play to the upside, I want to buy a call. I want looking at basically only, you know, expiration, let's say a month or two out and buying an at the money call. So in the September expiration, the 366 call is trading for just over $10. Now that's about, you know, 3% or so of the stock value. I know that's a little pricey, but given the amount of movement that we're seeing and the NASDAQ being more volatile than the rest of the market, to me, this seems like a cheap way to play back to the upside. I think the fact that the volatility really hasn't exploded, that there still might be some upside room, but we're carrying some risk here. We've seen now the market sell off a little bit. And look at the 10-year note, right? We're pushing back up towards that four and a quarter mark that we talked about last week. If interest rates were to rise here, the NASDAQ is one that gets hit because when we've seen sort of interest rates compress and move lower on the 10-year, the NASDAQ has been one of those areas of the market that's benefited greatly from that. So we talked about that last week, that maybe the 10-year is not going to go up anywhere from here. If that's the case, I own a call and I get to play to the NASDAQ to the upside because the NASDAQ has been a huge beneficiary of the fact that the 10-year cannot get higher than that four, four and a quarter level. Carter, when you're looking at the charts, looking at the technicals, what patterns do you see that help you predict what might be coming? 
Sure. So as would be expected, right, the correlation between QQQ and SMH is exceedingly high at 90 plus percent. And so the pattern or setup is very similar. If we were to look at a chart of the QQQ, it's the same circumstance of a well-defined uptrend in effect since the low. And now after trying to break out, we've faltered. And the presumption is that this current falter, we're down 9% plus minus, has room to run and will get us down to trend. Um, but it all gets down to beta in many ways, right? If we know that the NASDAQ dropped 38%, the QQQ from its peak, the S&P dropped 27%. Well, on the way back up since the October low, the QQQ has doubled the performance of the SPY. So it's more on the way down, more on the way up. And then in this current dip, it's nine versus three and a half for the S&P. I think there's day-to-day -day downside. All right. Well, for everything Options Action, check out our website and our newsletter. There's more Options Action coming up after this. We've got more earnings down the road next week. On Friday, we're looking for a deer in our headlights. Should you break for this industrial or plow right in? We have an Options Roadmap next. Plus... Calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. It's not just big box retailers reporting. Deer is also gearing up to deliver results next Friday. And those shares have seen a nice bounce over the last few months. The stock is virtually flat for the year. So which way should you be trading the name? Let's start with the technical setup. Carter, what do you see? Sure. So uh, just to point out, of course, Caterpillar has already had its results. And it was a, a big heavy volume upthrust and gap up some 8 9% in response to its quarterly report. Um, I want to look at some comparative charts first, and then we'll look at Deer on its own. So just going back to 1980, uh, there is a big difference between these two um, great American icons. Deer has basically doubled the performance of cat. Deer in blue, cat in orange. Now let's look at over the 18, past 18 months and look at this comparative. It's reversed, right? Deer is the laggard uh, to some extent because cat recently just broke out. And so I think you play for what happened in cat now to happen in Deere. So let's look at two John Deere charts. Um, CAT was set up just like this and it broke out to new highs. So let's put in some lines. And what I think you'll see here is the prospective setup for a similar CAT type move. So Deere, the real long-term winner, having doubled the performance of CAT going back to 1980, but recently a laggard. It has news pending. CAT had news already out. CAT broke out. Let's play Deere for a similar response. Hmm. Mike, what's the trade? Do you agree with us? You think it's poised for a breakout? And if so, how are we going to play it? Yeah, I mean, uh, people who've been watching the show know that I, I've liked Deer for a long time. It is one of our holdings on the equity side. It has obviously had quite a strong move recently. And I think that makes it obviously difficult to chase for a lot of people, given the fact that we've seen this uptick in volatility and given the fact that we've had this sharp move since the tail end of May. 
I think it's a little bit difficult uh, to chase it here for that reason. But the fundamentals here remain strong. I mean, the company's trading around 14 times. Now, I should say that one of the reasons we've seen this significant outperformance in Deere is just consider how the company has performed over the course of the last five years. Their revenues are up about 50% over that time frame, but their earnings per share are up threefold. So 200% increase in EPS over that period of time. And a lot of that has to do with sort of this super cycle on the ag front. And Deere has more exposure to ag than Caterpillar does uh, relative to construction and mining, which is sort of Caterpillar's, uh, you know, basically their, their core strength. Deere has exposure, but not as much. Uh, in much the same way for a lot of these names going into earnings, and trying to take advantage of the fact that options premiums, given the volatility we've seen, are not really uh, that high. I, I think that the play here, once again, is to use a call spread. You'll notice that we often sort of get into these themes of options trades that exist. And that's really just because that's what the options market is giving us. Once again, looking at September, the 444.80 call spread, $40 wide call spread, costs about 10 bucks, three to one payoff if we get an upside move. And you know, risking a relatively small percentage of the stock price if it if it doesn't turn out. Uh, I think, given the move, if you don't already own the stock, uh, this is probably the way to play it on the long side going into a catalyst like this. Okay. Well, coming up next, fashion faux pas. Ralph Lauren trending lower this week, not what we were expecting. So, how should you manage that trade now? We've got the luxury look back ahead. Options action is back in two. Welcome back to Options Action. Time for a luxury look back. Last week, Mike laid out a trade on Ralph Lauren ahead of earnings. The retailer is down 8% since then, putting this one in the red. But before we get to a teaching moment on how to manage such a trade, let's dig into the technicals on the price action. Carter, what do you see here? What happened? Right. So uh, but we'll look at a chart. But, but the main thing when you put on a trade is you have a th premise, whether it's based on fundamentals or based on technicals or quantitative, looking for an inflection point. Uh, instead of breaking out, it did the exact opposite, a complete disaster, dropped 7.8%. And so if the premise for being in the trade, breaking above that downtrend line, has come and gone, then there is no reason for the trade any longer. I would walk away, take my limp home, uh, move on to the next. All right, fair enough. So, Mike, how then are you managing this trade? Yeah, so uh, I think, first of all, Carter makes a very good point there. The first thing you have to do is evaluate uh, the reason you're in the trade to begin with. So let's just take a look at earnings. They, they came out. The earnings numbers were actually uh, fairly decent. Uh, they continue to have some pressure in North America, but Asia is looking good, pretty good in Europe. DTC business seems reasonably strong. And of course, we had big news in the space this week as well with Tapestry's uh, purchase of Capri. And so, I, you know, there is still obviously some demand. The, the difficult part is that uh, Ralph Lauren is trading at a slight premium to its peers. Now, this is also one of the reasons why we used options to begin with. And folks who were watching will remember that we put on a diagonal. So one of the things you can do uh, is that you can cover, of course, the short side if you want to stay in the trade or even roll that short side down and out. So that 145 call was essentially worthless right after earnings. You could have bought that back for a nickel and then sold the SEP 140s and now been in a calendar spread um, and, and also taking in some additional premium, offsetting the you know less than four bucks or so that we spent. Uh, and another thing you can do is once you get to a level of support, if you are still interested in owning the name, is then also work your way into a risk reversal. And essentially you can offset 
the premium that you spent when you first got into the trade, worst case, you end up owning the stock at a significant discount to where it was trading before earnings. So I think those are some of the things that you could potentially look to do. I, however, am not selling any downside puts in this or anything else for that matter right now. Okay, well, interesting take, of course, and we know that there was big news that many of us were not expecting in the market for luxury and high-end goods around the time of those earnings as well. Coming up next, your tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. It's time to take some tweets. So our first fan asks, Cardinal Health has sold support above 90. How can I profit off the stock being stuck between 90 and 95? Brian, what do you think? Yeah, like Mike mentioned before the break, I'm not that interested in selling puts anywhere, but Cardinal Health is one that I've been very successful selling puts when it pulls back. So selling a put below 90 makes a lot of sense. Taking some premium, I don't think there's a ton of risk to the downside in a stock like this. Fair enough. Our next fan asks, now that Disney has broken up after earnings, do we see it reclaiming 100? How do you view the 95 calls for March 2024? Take this one for us, Mike. Yeah, we own Disney in our event fund, so I, I have to say we liked it going into earnings. I don't like the way it traded today, though. I do like the fact that you're looking at calls to make your bullish bet, and you're giving yourself a lot of time. If I was going to make a bullish play here, that's the way I would do it. Okay. I think we have time for one more tweet. This one says Carvana has been acting very volatile lately, to say the least. Where do you see this one going, Carter? Indeed. Talk about a big winner that's now down 30%. I would buy the dip here, actually filled an important gap. Uh, my hunch is higher. That chart is pretty nuts. It is now already time for our final call. Carter, we're going to start with you. Sure. If you're, you have shorts, press them. If you don't have any, get some. Okay. Brian? Yeah. Market. Okay. I think you broke up there a little bit. I'm sorry. Mike, how about you for our final trade? He's saying things are breaking up, so you need to own puts or put spreads here. And I think if you're making a bullish bet, you've got to use call spreads for the same reason. Things are cracking up. Cracking up. All right. Well, that does it for options action. We're back next Friday, though, at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. A CNBC special taking stock starts right now. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. All opinions expressed by the Options Action participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Options Action participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full options action disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash options action disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC business news updates wherever you get your podcasts.